Our clinic model, particularly at the undergraduate level, is, is actually designed around having students confront these types of challenges in what you might call a safe environment, right? They're in a position here as students to get the kind of support that they need to, to understand and learn things without making very, very expensive mistakes. I quickly learned how difficult it is to get a startup off the ground, but it was a great learning experience. It, it kind of sparked an interest in me for venture capital, entrepreneurship itself, you know, just it, it was fun to do. And you realize how much money can also be made if you're successful. Welcome to the Pool Podcast, the official podcast of the Pool College of Management at NC State University. This is a think and do conversation about the relationship between academics and industry. In each episode, we will share research and ideas from the classroom, from our incredible faculty, and explore how it's being translated into practice. I'm your host, Jenny Hammond, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer here in Poole College. Let's dive in. Today, I'm really excited to have a conversation with one of our Poole alumni and one of our top researchers in the entrepreneurship space. Our first guest is John Carr, who is the Jenkins Distinguished Professor of Entrepreneurship and Chair of the Department of Management, Innovation, and Entrepreneurship here in Poole College. John's research is focused on three general domains within the field of management, entrepreneurship, family business, and organizational behavior and of course, the interface between all three of these general areas. His research has been published in several of the field's most important journals, which include the Academy of Management Journal, the Journal of Applied Psychology, and the Journal of Management. Our second guest is no stranger to the NC State community. Mike Glennon is currently a professional football player with the New York Giants and co-founder of Emulate Sports. As an athlete at NC State, he played in 36 games and four seasons. His past completions rank third in Wolfpack history, and he is only one of two players in school history to throw for 4,000 plus yards in a single season. During his academic tenure at NC State, Mike graduated with two degrees, a bachelor's degree in business management from Poole College in 2011 and a master of arts in liberal studies in 2012. Let's get started. So um, John, we're gonna start with you. The entrepreneurship community at Poole College has been thriving for the last several years. In your role as a professor and department chair, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in the entrepreneurship space and how has COVID impacted that? Uh, well, I, I realize that there, there's been a lot of change that's happened as a result of COVID. And some of these things have been, in some respects, very negative with respect to startups and what startups experience. But in some instances, it's opened up some opportunities, too. Uh, we've obviously seen a stronger and stronger emphasis on, on better products and services to meet the specific needs of people, particularly in a COVID environment. So we've had you know, startup companies that have really tried to emphasize how to reach people now that they're no longer sort of in the work environment, the physical work environment that we're often used to. Uh, so it's created a lot of pressures in terms of trying to hire good people and create organizations that can really thrive, but it's also created, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities for remote work and to create options for people to engage what's known as hybrid entrepreneurship, which is sort of doing the kinds of side jobs and side experiences that sometimes people don't get a chance to do 
where they're working full time for somebody. So that's, I think, some of the key things that we've seen. My own hope is, is that uh, we'll learn from this experience. And I suspect the startup community is, is best positioned to find out how that's going to unfold because they're oftentimes reacting to the opportunities that are created in these types of, of circumstances. That's interesting because when I, so I'm going to pivot to Mike for a minute, because when we initially had our um, back and forth about coming onto the show, I asked you about Emulate Sport and you said, well, we're kind of taking, we're taking a break with it for a little bit. And I was curious to know, well, one, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about it and kind of how it came to fruition. But I, after you gave me that response, I thought, well, I wonder if COVID impacted that, yeah. like if that had something to do with kind of pumping the brakes. So do you mind sharing some yeah. insights on that? So I can uh, start with the whole history of it. So in 2018, I played for the Arizona Cardinals. The quarterbacks in the room were Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen, myself, and the practice squad quarterback was a guy named Chad Kanoff. So Chad went to Princeton. And I, you know, in the people may not realize we spent a lot of time together in the quarterback room. You know, a lot of times we're talking football, other times we're just, you know, talking about whatever. And I remember one time Sam Bradford said, one day I'm going to start a company and Chad, I'm going to have, hire you to be the CEO. So fast forward about two years, or maybe it was a year, you know, whenever COVID hit, I was sitting at home and there was an app that was becoming very popular called Cameo. And for those who aren't familiar, Cameo is basically celebrities doing a video message saying happy birthday, congratulations, what have you. And I've had them approach me about joining Cameo. But Cameo never really, I didn't have much interest in it. I didn't feel the gratification of telling someone happy birthday and charging money. But I thought, well, if I could watch a quarterback throw a ball and give him evaluation, I would enjoy that because... I'm helping the guy. I enjoy talking about football. It would give me a sense of accomplishment knowing I could um, help somebody. So the first person I thought of was Chad. So I reached out to Chad and he said, I'm actually doing this exact, you know, I have a private quarterback coach that I sent him videos because it was kind of during quarantine when no one was interacting. And he's sending me video, you know, commentating on, on what I'm doing. He's like, and if I was a kid, I would have loved to be able to have a coach, an NFL quarterback coach me. So the idea was to have a quarterback send his throwing motion, and then we evaluated. We thought our best chance was the quarterback market because that's where our expertise was. But we knew to scale it, we'd have to get in other sports and other industries. So our first one was golf. The more brief version would be I quickly learned how difficult it is to get a startup off the ground, but it was a great learning experience. It, it kind of sparked an interest in me for venture capital, entrepreneurship itself, you know, just, it, it was fun to do. And you realize how much money can also be made if you're successful. Now the success rate is extremely low. So we kind of went through this process of we created a website. We um, had different app developers kind of look to price it out. And we realized what the investment in that would be. Then we looked into kind of bringing someone on with us. I would, serve as a CTO to create this, you know, be the engineer behind it. So then actually we got to a point where we applied for Y Combinator and we got an interview with Y Combinator. They ultimately thought it was the industry was, or the market size wasn't big enough. They're looking for billion dollar industries and they didn't feel this was a billion dollar industry, which to me, I was like, I mean, that's fine. If this is a couple hundred million dollar industry, we'll take that. Long story short, 
I was in the middle of football season. Chad was out of football. He kind of needed a job. So he ended up getting a job in consulting, I believe, with Deloitte. And uh, the timing just didn't all come together. And, you know, I guess it kind of died on the vine. I, you know, I don't know if it's completely dead, but we haven't worked on it in, in months now. Um, but at the very least, you know, I, I barely put anything into it other than starting a bank account in LLC and creating a website on uh, Squarespace. So the uh, learning experience was great for me to see entrepreneurship kind of very briefly what it takes to get a startup going. And then, like I said, it kind of opened my eyes to venture capital in that whole world. It's interesting. You you pulled a lot of points out in that, Mike, that I, I want to ask John and that we get a lot of students that come through our entrepreneurship program and the hard truths have to be told a lot of times because you you just alluded to that, Mike, that you were like, you know, it wasn't as successful as we thought it was going to be. It was harder than we thought it was going to be. So a lot of times people look at entrepreneurship and think it's this flashy, sexy thing. But to your point, more people fail than they do succeed. And so, you know, John, I'd be curious, what are we teaching our students in the classroom to be better prepared for what Mike just explained, kind of that roller coaster of, you know, managing expectations and and hopes and dreams for something that you're so passionate about? Yeah, I, I thought it was just very interesting, uh, Mike, to hear your story about Emulate and sort of the same kinds of challenges that you faced are the challenges that we see at Raleigh Founded. We see with our own students launching their own, their own businesses. And I think that that's one of the things that we try to emphasize. Our clinic model, particularly at the undergraduate level, is, is actually designed around having students confront these types of challenges in what you might call a safe environment, right? They're in a position here as students to get the kind of support that they need to, to understand and learn things without making very, very expensive mistakes. And so we, you know, we would like them to, to learn some of these kinds of things or be exposed to it if possible. The Andrews Launch Accelerator is a beautiful example of this. We want to have startup companies go through the accelerator And if they're going to fail, let's fail fast. Let's get out. But we've got opportunities to also give them the advice and support to help them overcome uh, some of those uh, uh, points that you mentioned in your own story about Emulate. And I think that it's the engagement approaches that we use with the clinic uh, and with other parts of uh, of what we do here on this campus are designed to kind of tell some of the hard truths, but more importantly, put our students in a position to learn from others who have been through this same experience. We have a very well-developed mentorship program, for example, where we have very successful people in in the entrepreneurship community uh, provide feedback and insight and and counseling to our students. Uh, We have obviously the clinic model itself. We have activities in the entrepreneurship garage and the entrepreneurship alliance is heavily involved in e-games and other opportunities for students to learn about what works and doesn't work. What I loved, Mike, about what you talked about was this idea of, you know, things like capital and cash flow are scary terms sometimes for our students. And our goal is to help them say, help us here. We're here to work with you. We're helping to give you that shared working space and exposure so that you can try to learn from some of these experiences. It's great, great, great story you had to tell. Yeah, and I think something else I took from it that students could probably uh, benefit from was 
I would um, kind of like cold email people in the venture capital world and the, and some of them would have responded, some would, but I was like, I mean, what do I have to lose? And there was like, this is another story. I was driving around North. So I live in Raleigh full-time in the offseason. I was driving around North Hills and I saw this beautiful red Corvette brand new in the back of the license plate said FanDuel, you know, like the, the uh, sports betting app. So I'm thinking either someone won a lot of money on FanDuel and bought this car or it's someone that works for FanDuel. So just out of curiosity, I wrote like FanDuel NC State on Google. All of a sudden, I see that the CEO of FanDuel is an NC State graduate. And uh, I just looked this up last night. He's no longer with them. He's now with Fanatics. But I was like, you know what? He might be a fan of NC State football. I'm going to reach out to him. So I reached out to him. We had an hour-long conversation. He offered some advice. And, you know, it was just a, a great connection. So I'm sure there's tons of alumni out there, people willing, you know, willing to help. And uh, I, I just thought that was a great lesson for me um, is to not be afraid of someone telling you no. Don't be afraid to reach out because, like I said, the worst that can happen is you don't get a response or they just say. Right. And what's interesting, too, is, is like with our mentorship program, uh, it's so funny when the students get together. It's sort of like a, a, a junior high dance. You know, the students are over here and the mentors are over here and somebody has to open up the door between them. but. Once they get a chance to realize that the mentors get as much out of this as the students do, and uh, it helps the students realize that, you know, they have great ideas and there's nothing wrong with reaching out and having confidence in yourself to do this. Our goal is we, we realize, Mike, we realize that we don't want students at the age of 20 to 21 launching companies unless they really got, you know, got what it takes. But what we want to do is give them those skills and experiences, that sort of mindset to where they could, you know, when they become in their late 30s, potentially launching a company, knowing uh, some of the experiences that they had helped them. The average age of a first time startup person is about 38 years old. So, you know, we want we want students to have this exposure and then to use their experiences to maybe launch something down the road. But in the meantime. They can use these these skills uh, in their own work life. Great story. Thank you. I I have a question. This goes back to Mike on this one, and it is centered around your personal brand. And I'm, you know, please disclose what you feel comfortable with. You don't have to disclose if you don't want to. But you know, a lot of kind of what we teach in Pool College is encouraging students to work on their brand, their personal brand, and think about that throughout the duration. And, and the world we live in with social media left and right, that's that's more important than ever. But how have, you know, and since you graduated from NC State, you've obviously had a professional career. How have you worked on your own personal brand? And perhaps how did you leverage that when you were going through this entrepreneurship experience? I would say there's kind of two different ways that I would say I've or in, in respect of promoting your brand, there's kind of the social media side and then there's just the general life side. So as far as the social media side, I guess they kind of go hand in hand what I'm going to get at social media and, and, and being an NFL player, there's an opportunity to make money on social media and to, to be a, uh, I guess, an influencer and put out Instagram posts, something on Twitter for companies. And I just have never really taken that approach. And I probably have lost out on, on some money, but that was just a more personal thing that I wanted to be more than just the football player. 
if you looked at my Instagram, I don't think there's one picture of me throwing a football. I'm not extremely active on Instagram, but I just wanted to be more than that. I didn't want to be, uh, you know, strictly viewed as a guy that, that throws a football and they recognize me by my jersey. And with that, I, I probably did, you know, lose out on some money, but that was, that's just a kind of a personal choice, which leads to more. I, I just want to be a, a good person and make kind of connections organically and let my uh, character be, be my brand, if that makes sense, rather than having a, a portrayed brand on social media. That, that just wasn't important to me. Some guys, it is important too, and they make a lot of money on it. But just me personally, it, it never uh, really attracted me. Do you find that in the world that you're in now, especially when you're thinking about these entrepreneurship opportunities, are you ever going back to something you learned while you were here at Pool? There th- are there pieces that you carry with you? Yeah, I think I I think there is. I mean, they. Uh, I don't know why. So the past few weeks, I've been um, kind of shadowing, I guess, a, a real estate um, investing firm because I think it's something I may be interested. In. And they're pulling up these Excel spreadsheets, and they brought up uh, mezzanine financing, and I was like, "Wow, I haven't heard of that term in like ten <laughs> years." And you know, we're going over balance sheets, income statements. I'm like, "Ale." Assets equal liability plus equity. I'm like, that's what I learned in the big auditorium in Nelson Hall. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of all comes back to you. It's, you know, every day in football, you're not thinking about assets and liability and equity and mezzanine financing. Uh, but it is kind of, you know, now that I'm starting to think about more life after football and preparing for that next chapter, I'm sure, you know, it, it'll take some adjusting, but there's definitely a little bit of flashbacks of, of what I learned um, and w- while I was in the uh, College of Management at NC State. John, what do you think are, you know, kind of the top two or three things that you're making sure that our students are leaving with um, once they, they graduate NC State, if they are truly looking at doing something entrepreneurial down the road? What are you hoping that they take with them? Obviously, they need to have some domain or content knowledge. They need to understand like you mentioned, that word mezzanine means something, right? So there's this mezzanine thing. Well, we want our students to have the kinds of content knowledge that's important for the industry space that they're going to work in. So if you're in supply chain or if you're you know, interested in understanding the world of supply chain, we want to make sure that you're really, really familiar with that content. And that covers all, all across this university. But if you take those three pieces and you put these three pieces together, you're going to position yourself as a graduate of NC State to do a lot of great things. Our motto is think and do for a reason, right? We're not just going to give you the domain knowledge. We want you to do things too. And so we hope that this entrepreneurial orientation is one of those pieces that help you do that kind of stuff. So what do you have? You have three circles linked together, content and domain knowledge. You've got an orientation towards work and you have the conscientious work ethic and the doing mentality that employers need. And then that third little piece is that creative way to understand how to make decisions in uncertain and and maybe unusual environments. This is what employers want, domain knowledge. They wanna have people that have a work ethic so they've done things, think and do. And to me, that third piece, the ability to be creative 
and to be able to have confidence such that you can help support and add value to whatever work, or you, uh, work that you do. Those are the three circles, in my opinion. So we do our job in the pool college. When we give you the domain knowledge, we give you the, the, the opportunity to understand and demonstrate how to do, how to work and work hard. And then you have that wonderful way to add value to whatever you do. And maybe it's as you've done in your career, Mike, you've added value as a football player to a variety of different organizations, right? Our students can do the same sorts of things. They can add value, know and understand how you can add value. When you have those three pieces in your pocket, you're a very, very employable and very valuable employee, no matter what you do. And maybe it's a startup and maybe you're working for a bank or maybe you're working for NC State or maybe you're working for the New York Giants, but it doesn't matter. You got those three pieces in your pocket. You're going to be successful. That's our goal. That's our goal to push towards. Mike, I would ask you, just in your opinion, um, we've had entrepreneurs on this podcast and they've given all sorts of responses as, as things that they feel are a must to be successful in entrepreneurship. And John is kind of teaching or explaining to us kind of the academic foundation that we're hoping students leave pool with. But what would you say or a few of the things that you know that to be successful, these are the things you have to have? For example, we've heard curiosity. We've heard grit. What would you say would be a couple things that are? are yeah, when, when you were asking the question, the first word that came to mind was grit, which, you know, I always feel like kind of gets associated with football and like the grittiness. So it was good that you used it. But just from kind of my, you know, relatively short experiences, it, it is full of ups and downs, you know. You'll be laying in bed at night thinking, man, I got this million dollar idea that's, you know, all this great stuff. And then the next day you're like, what are we doing? Like, this is never going to work, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, some days I'll be so excited. I'll be waking up in the middle of the night thinking of ideas. And then next, you know, another week goes by and you're like, why am I doing this? So I think it's just the, the ebbs and the flows and, you know, having that perseverance to push through. Um, the good days, the bad days, you know, if, if you truly want to do it, then you, you got to commit to it. And it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of discouragement that you're going to have to get through. And a lot of times being told no, but I think if you have the passion for it, you know, it, it might not be everything you hoped and dreamed of, but you can have a, a very successful career uh, doing this and, and learn a lot of lessons along the way. And I think realize that, you know, as we talked about it, these things fail more than succeed, but just because, you know, it might not work. That doesn't mean to me, that doesn't mean you're necessarily a failure. You know, like you failed, you definitely took something from it along the way and you just got to find uh, kind of your next, next step in the journey and what you're going to do next and take those things and, and learn from it and move on to the next venture. You hear a lot, you know, go pursue your passion, right? Well, um, that's just half the conversation. Uh, it's really pursuing your passion. It's also creating your passion. And, and to me, I think those two pieces go hand in hand. The, the challenges that you face uh, are also part of the process where you're creating, you know, opportunities for you to pursue the things that you want to do. So it's not just pursuing that passion out there. Like it's that, like you don't have any control about what that passion is. You get to create that. And I think it gives people some individual ownership about what they do so that when they face the hard times in their lives, when they face the difficult times in their employment situations, when they have a difficult time with their families and friends, 
understanding the fact that you have the ability to overcome that, that you have individual agency to help make that change happen, then that's how this works. And it works the same way, whether you're in an entrepreneurial startup or if you work for Wells Fargo. Yeah, I think, and just to build on that, and you know, my more of my experience in, in the work industry is in football. And, you know, when I started my career, I had, you know, I was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I envisioned I was going to be, you know, with them for over a decade, starting quarterback, winning Super Bowls. And, and that's just not the way my career has gone. And I've been on now six teams in, in the past six years. And I think a lot, the reason why I continue to be employed is because of my professionalism. You know, the NFL is a small fraternity, but I think it's, and they talk and people know that what they're getting out of me from, from that aspect. But I think just having a, you know, being a pro is what we say in the NFL, but being a pro as an entrepreneur, as a business person is just doing things the right way, putting, you know, being a hard worker, um, giving your all, treating others with respect, being a good teammate. Um, knowing your role and all that, I think goes a long way in all aspects of, of life and in business. So let me pivot real quickly to the both of you and ask this question. And, and definitely, John, from your perspective as an academic and maybe what you're seeing in research and, and Mike, just what you're seeing as you're kind of starting to kick the tires a little bit more on these entrepreneurial ventures. Where do you see startups in the next five to 10 years? What are you seeing out there as potentially challenges? that could prevent this kind of environment? Or what are some of the things that are driving people to kind of push through and, and move forward? I mean, we, we're we fortunate here in the Raleigh area that we have a very entrepreneurial environment, but that's not like that everywhere. So what do you foresee as maybe kind of what might be some of the roadblocks for, for future entrepreneurs? I think about some of my own startup experiences and the success, successful ones I've had and the ones where I, I barely got out alive. And I think about those experiences sometimes and say, what would that be like now, <laughs> right? And so I think that there's a number of challenges that, that we're going to be confronted, I think, in the next um, several years. Probably the most difficult challenge is finding good talent and finding people who have the, that work ethic and that professionalism and that, in, that interest in adding value that Mike alluded to in his own experiences uh, with the NFL. It's, you know, the, the talent question is going to be a very, very big deal here in the next five or 10 years. Another issue, and, and Mike, you alluded to this as well, uh, the challenges of scaling businesses nowadays are going to be much more difficult to do, I suspect, because of the way we work now. And then probably the last one that, that I think about is uh, it's becoming more and more difficult to, to differentiate yourself. And differentiating what you do as a startup company is a very, very key thing. The value proposition that you offer your customers is becoming a, a much more finely tuned thing that has to be looked at and looked at very, very carefully. Uh, so those are three, I think, very, very big pieces that are going to be challenging for the startup uh, community and, and, and I think our country in general uh, over the next several years. Obviously, I'm not the expert that John is on entrepreneurship, but I do subscribe to some like kind of daily newsletters from venture capital. And I, I guess this can be a, a pro or a con in that I feel like every quarter they're saying more money has been invested in venture capital than ever before. So I guess the good side is that people are are investing in it. The 
bad side is the competition must be fierce out there. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering if there'll be somewhat of a bubble where, you know, some of these things, you know, if, if all this money's getting poured into it and it doesn't work, then what, what effects that'll have. And again, I, I, I'm, I'm no expert, but I've, I've found it interesting that over the past few years when I've, I've started paying more attention to VC, it seems like all it is is more and more money is getting put into it. I, I would add something to that. Um, we know uh, there's a great database uh, that, that tracks venture capital investment and those kinds of things. In the U.S., it's, it's sort of very different than it is like in Europe, for example. Uh, Europe, uh, venture capital is everywhere, but it's very, 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 very carefully invested. Here in the United States, I, I think something like uh, 20% of all companies that receive uh, venture capital are cash positive after five years. That's a really bad success rate. And some of that is because people are trying to hit the home run right out of the chute. Maybe they're not doing the due diligence that they need to do. But uh, if you want to talk about a business opportunity, Mike, uh, whoever's able to increase that 20% level with some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of tool or insight, that's going to be a very, very successful business. And so, yes, chasing investment can be a consuming thing for startup companies when sometimes maybe the best thing to do is focus your attention on how you add value to your customer segments and then let it, let it go from there. We, we, we teach our students all the time. Your ownership of your company is your, your treasure. That is your treasure. And you want to make sure that you put your, your when you give up ownership and you provide that uh, venture investment opportunity for somebody, that you know that they're coming on as not just an investor, but as a partner and as a friend and as a mentor and as a colleague and as a networker to help make that work. Mike, are there any other, are there teammates or former teammates that currently have a side hustle business that you just think is awesome. That would be a question to you. And then John, is there anybody that you know that's graduated from pool that you just think has been incredibly successful or a neat concept that you'd love to give a shout out to? So I'll let Mike start. Yeah. uh, There are a few guys that are involved in in different kind of investment aspects. And the one guy that kind of jumps out that people will know is Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is, um, an angel investor himself. He's um, heavily involved in venture capital. And he was kind of the one that encouraged me to reach out to other people. And he's connected well in Silicon Valley. So he, he's definitely one guy. And another guy, people wouldn't know as well, but he's a former first round pick, won the Super Bowl with the Giants and was my teammate with Chicago Bears. He's a guy, Prince Amukamara. And he is in real estate. He does Airbnbs on his own. So he will buy a property. Uh, renovate them and then do an Airbnb. And he lives in Phoenix and we talk from time to time. And I know that market is very hot, especially with COVID tons of people moving to the Scottsdale area. So those are two guys that kind of jumped to mind. There are some guys that get do a lot NFL offer just as John was saying, there's tons of resources in the NFL that they offer us. Some guys take advantage of a lot of guys don't. Um, So I would encourage people to take advantage of those resources that, that NC state has. But it is, you know, it's fun talking to guys about business. Another guy would be that went to NC State. I, I don't believe he was in the College of Management. Uh, he was a teammate of mine at NC State. And then also with the uh, Buccaneers and then this past year with the Giants for a little bit is a guy named Ted Larson. And we've shared uh, stories 
he's about to go back and get his MBA at Duke, but we'll, we'll talk business, uh, kind of life after football. So there's a handful of guys that I kind of talk, uh, talk outside of, you know, different conversations in football with. Thank you. John, did you have anybody you wanted to mention as far as what you feel? I mean, I know there's a lot, so it might be kind of hard to choose one. Yeah, but. It's, it's difficult to, to, to kind of pick one person in particular. Uh, but I always think of the things that, uh, you know, we, we know that students have great ideas and students have ideas that oftentimes are based upon their, their own experiences, right? <laughs> and so uh, Ricardo, who did Casalou, is a, uh, a rum-based hard seltzer business, and he's an engineer. And so he wanted to design something uh, that's really created for uh, the Latino community. Uh, so they, they know what they like and they know what they enjoy. And a lot of times they try to create something around uh, what, what that might be. So Casalou is an example of that. But there are others as well. Um, I, I, I guess I would say that to me, um, the fact that we have so many successful students uh, uh, that we've got such committed uh, people to support what we do in entrepreneurship. Uh, Chip Andrews, who has been a very passionate supporter of the Andrews Launch Accelerator, is somebody that really cares about the NC State students and helping them create opportunities to pursue uh, what they want to do uh, as successful startups and businesses. So, but there are many, many, many others. We have a very, very well-developed uh, research commercialization office, Mike, you may not have even known about that. Uh, and the Wolfpack Investor Network, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but the Wolfpack Investor Network is a big part of how we invest in the commercialable technologies that come out of the fantastic engineering and sciences efforts that we have on this campus. So we are one of the top research commercialization universities in the United States. And couple that with the Wolfpack Investor Network, WIN, right? With WIN, you've got a fantastic opportunity to maybe look at some of these types of potential investments. And obviously, we're, we're, we're very, very proud of, of the fact that the Pool College has been a supportive piece to both uh, the Wolfpack Investor Network, as well as the Office of Research Commercialization. So watch, Mike's going to get online right now and start looking up. I know I'm sitting here well, thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking we might be having some Mike Glennon appearances in the Pool College of Management, right? We've had millions of dollars invested by NC State alumni in NC State commercial technology. And yeah. so it's another great way in which we, we uh, take care of the patent. So let me ask a couple of quick final wrap-up questions. One's kind of a fun question, and then one's kind of just a, a question really for insight for both of you. You know, Mike, as you know, as a product of Pool College, we really try to make sure that we give our students the best possible experience and the tools so they're successful when they graduate. Thinking back to your own experience, I'd love to hear from your perspective as a student and an alumni, and then John from a from a faculty. And hey, you're a dad. You had a you had a son graduate. Oh yeah. What would you say would be like one or two pieces of advice that you would give to a student right now that might be thinking about their future, just in general, knowing what you know in the paths that you both have been on? Yeah, I think, well, first off, I, I want to say I could be wrong. I think I was in the first graduating class of the pool college of management because I remember at the graduation, they kept saying, this is the cool pool school of college management. <laughs> so that was uh, 2011, I believe. And I think I would just 
if I could go back, I mean, I was busy with football and all that, but I, I kind of, you know, I'd always get those emails about a speaker coming to speak, you know, and I never took advantage of, of that. Um, and I kind of wish I would have done that to educate myself, to, you know, shake hands, network, get to know people. Um, so that's one regret I do have. And at the same time, I, kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth is I would, you know, enjoy college. Some of the best time of your life. If I could go back, I'll go back tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, you know, enjoy school, go to class, you know, but at the same time, enjoy yourselves on the weekend because uh, those four years go by quick and uh, there's nothing quite like college. What about you, John? What are some nuggets that you give your students? Well, first of all, um, I think that our college um, is really, you know, and I think universities in general are trying to encourage students uh, to have some global experiences. Uh, at NC State and in the Poole College, a lot of our students are still sort of first-generation students that are from North Carolina and have been North Carolina and have not really, you know, traveled maybe too far. And I would say first thing, first things you should consider is give yourself or try to do what you can to have some kind of global experience as a student. Uh, it's been my experience that our students that have done uh, study abroad programming that we have, and it's everywhere in the Poole College, you come back as a changed person. You come back with a very, very different understanding of how the world is, how people in the world are, you know, interact and cultures and experiences that they never forget. So enjoying yourself in college is a great thing. And that's a great way to give yourself some global exposure as a student. The second thing I'd say is, is you get out of it, what you put into it, right? And so you have fantastic opportunities to engage all sorts of different ways on the social side, on the academic side, uh, embrace your experiences here in college. Uh, believe it or not, the faculty and the staff, everybody at this university since I've been here sees this as a, as a place to help support students and their student experiences. And we're here, right? We're here, which leads to the third point. The third point is, is that resources are here. And so if you're interested in an internship, if you're interested in getting to network more, if you're interested in trying to get career advice, if you're interested in finding some way to connect to somebody in another college to do a design or to do some kind of uh, social entrepreneurship or some kind of social experience or to have some impact on the community, these resources are here. They're here for students to, 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 to I hate to say it, take advantage of. And so uh, to me, I think it, that was one of the key things that, that, I, that I would recommend. My son, who obviously his father uh, encouraged him to do lots of things, right? He was going to be an entrepreneurship minor. He had no choice in that, but he had other choices as well. And the fact that he had an internship, the fact that he had a global experience, the fact that he pursued things in the college outside of those classes made his experience a very powerful one here at NC State. All right. All right. I, I know I've taken a lot of your time today and I really appreciate it, but I, I always like to end these podcasts with this fun question and oh. we kind of talked about it a little bit um, before, but it applies to both of you. And I know you're at different stages of life, but remember our students are college age, right? So they're 20, 21, 22. Go back to when Mike was 21, 22, John, when you were 21, 22, oh boy. you could go back to that version of yourself. 
what would you tell yourself and what piece of advice would you give yourself at that time, knowing the life that you've lived? What would you go back and tell yourself at that time? I think kind of what I, I hit on earlier, like I, I've, I've, you know, up to this point, I've been extremely fortunate, got to live out my dream playing in the NFL, you know, financially it's, it's been great for me, but I really mean it. I mean, I think the best years of my life were when I was in college, just the friends you make, uh, I met my wife there. There's just no time like it. And uh, NC State, you know, I'm forever grateful for that experience because uh, I just look back with such um, great memories, friendships created there. And like I said, met my wife there now with three kids. So I, I don't know what advice I would give myself. I think it would just be to enjoy this because it goes by so quickly. What about you, John? I, I would I would echo that a lot and add even another thing. I always, uh, one of the great regrets I did was I kept telling myself, I got to pursue this and I got to be aggressive about that. And I've got to push, 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 push. And I pushed myself too hard not stopping to realize, you know what, I've got a, you know, I've got something really special happening to me right now. And I, I tell students this all the time. For example, like with global experiences, you know, well, it takes a lot of money and it's expensive to do a, a study abroad. And I, I tell them, I know that, but you, you know, you won't have this time for another for another many decades. And you got the rest of your life to pay for this. So please. Take advantage of the things that you have here in your university experience. Slow down. Let yourself have the, the, the time to do and enjoy and create those connections. And, you know, Mike's got lifelong friends from his college experience, and I do too. And they know a lot of stories about you, I bet, Mike, right? And my friends know a lot of stories about me too, and that's what helps keep us together. And they've been friends for all these decades, so slow down, enjoy it, right? And realize you got the rest of your life to work. So make sure you grab this and hold on to it. Take advantage of it. That's what we're here for. Learn how to be a, a person that can be proud of your college experiences. That's great. That's great advice from both of you. Thank you. You bet. Um, and thank you both for joining us today. I know that you're both very busy, but I think there were a lot of really strong nuggets of advice in here. And I think um, students can definitely walk away with having a better understanding. And I think, you know, for me, what I heard is that, you know, don't be afraid to try. You'll probably fail, but that's okay. And really think about enjoying the ride along the way too, because that's just as important. So, well, thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. For more information on the Poole College of Management at NC State, visit pool.ncsu.edu or follow along on social media where we're at NC State Pool. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. This podcast is a production of Airfluence. I'm Jenny Hammond, and we'll see you next time on the Pool Podcast.